Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly, and with me, as always, Mr. Nathan Allen Bear. Nathan, how you doing? Well, Mike, just like the Carpenters, I'm just glad to be close to you again. Absolutely. We've both been vaxxed, waxed, and ready to relax and dissect a little bit of... Uh, I'm going to say the strangest use of IP since the second Shaft novel by Ernest Hiddeman uh, entitled Shaft Among the Jews, uh, which is a real book, by the way. It's the second Shaft novel, and uh, it's been described as uncut gems with Shaft in it, which sounds like the greatest (laughs) thing anyone has ever heard. And they need to green light Hollywood, if you're listening, which I I know you're not, uh, (laughs) green light that immediately. (laughs) Immediately. Um, but I digress. We're clearly trying to kill time here because um, Godzilla's singular point is uh, almost antagonistically dense in its structure. It is not a film. It is a television series uh, from the first premiered in Japan uh, back in March. And then it just uh, came out uh, here in the United States on Netflix uh, on June 24th of this year. And uh, it's 13 episodes. Uh, They're all about 22 minutes long, so it's roughly four hours and 16 minutes of content. Um, And Nate and I have talked about this for many hours. Uh, We just can't do a regular episode on this thing and it's the thing is it's so dense and it's filled with so many science fiction hard science fiction concepts that if we try to do what we normally do on the show which is sort of a detailing of every single excruciating minutiae event in every scene then this episode would be 27 hours long uh, and there may be some of you who want that, but we, we don't want to record it. <laughs> we refuse. We, we, we don't want that brain damage. That is reserved for Old Dominion rubbing alcohol. Absolutely. <laughs> what we're going to do is just sort of uh, kind of give a rough summation of the sort of the production of it, and then sort of sum up the overall story the best we can, and then kind of give our our take on it. I mean, we're going to be giving our take on it as we go, but, you know, sort of give our final thoughts on it. But it's going to be a little bit bit truncated, or at least we're going to try uh, to not talk as long as as normal because, you know, it's just, the again, the structure of this thing, and we'll get into it, but it's uh, it's a doozy. <laughs> I snow what you mean. <laughs> the one thing I will say offhand is I do like this more than the uh, animated trilogy of Netflix movies that we did a, a few years ago. Oh, without question. Yeah. Infinitely more watchable. Right. As insane as it is, it is at least pleasant right. to look at. Uh, one doesn't feel like, you know, gnawing off their own fingers in a vain attempt to escape, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what they're, uh, experiencing. Uh, no, it, it, it was like pleasant to look at. Um, tonally it's all over the place. Uh, 
feels like, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. Uh, two people came in to pitch uh, their own separate stories. One was about an old man with a robot that fights monsters. And the other one was a uh, cute story about a cute girl with her cute uh, puppy app on her computer. Plops. Plops, <laughs> plops two. <laughs> plops number two. Plop small cop. Um, <laughs> Paul Paul plops mall cop. <laughs> so we and then they solve mysteries. So you have these two stories, and the executive at Toho, presumably uh, smoking a fat cigar, <laughs> extinguished it on both their spec scripts, and said, uh, "That sounds nice. We're going to merge these two together, and also we're going to add uh, a few Godzilla monsters. Also, we're going to merge a few of those Godzilla monsters together because why the fuck not? Here's a here's a check. Yeah, and uh, I mean the." Look, the level of design and the the intricacy of the writing is pretty uh, pretty stunning when you consider this was just announced in like October of 2020, and it you know again it premiered in Japan at least in March, so that's like an insane turnaround for animation. I'm not sure if they were secretly working on this for like the last seven years or something, but like. Uh, I think, and I think I have read interviews where it's like it took them a while to like breakthroughs. Maybe that was just when they announced it. Mm. It's not an incomprehensible slog. Um, it's incomprehensible, definitely. But it's uh, I would categorize it as the rarest of the rare. It's an incomprehensible delight. Okay. Yes. So, like, a, a, a slog is more like the 172-minute director's cut of The Happiest Millionaire with Fred McMurray, which is on Disney Plus right now, which is like, uh, imagine Mary Poppins except without the magic or any plot. <laughs> it just goes off for, you know, three hours and 42 minutes or whatever. Uh, and if you have Disney Plus, you can watch that right now. I highly recommend it. Um, but th- that's a slog, okay? This is there's points when it gets to be like a slog, especially around episode four into like episode nine, where it's just like so much. There's a character named uh, Kamina um, that is one of the two main characters. Mm -hmm. And she just, there's just so much science and so much math involved. And there were several points in the, while watching the show where I felt like Chevy Chase during the SNL sketch where he's playing Gerald Ford. I know timely <laughs> references here. Uh, where they're in the debate and the guy, you know, the debate the runner is like, uh, well, the gross national product of whatever is uh, not uh, eclipsed with the inflation. And he's like doing all this stuff. And then what, what do you say about this, Gerald Ford? And, and um, Chevy Chase is just like sweating on the podium. He's like, well, I was told there'd be no math involved. <laughs> That's his answer. And like, that is what I felt like watching this. I was just like, uh, okay, should I be studying? Like, should I be taking notes? Should I have like brushed up on my like function statistics and trigonometry and like cold fusion and like particle colliding, like physics and stuff before I started watching this show? Because it, the way it operates, it just like, it assumes that you're just like, uh, like I think the audience for this is like a seventh year, like uh, you know, phys- f- physics expert at Harvard or something. Like that's the audience for this. Well, it, it, it comes to mind like the original Godzilla. 
you know, the Dr. Uh, God, Sarazawa is talking to Emiko. He's explaining the oxygen destroyer. He's like, this is a device that destroys the oxygen in the water. I call it the oxygen destroyer. And it's like, okay, that's it. That <laughs> got, was all the it. science of got that it. movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, H-bombs made Godzilla um, somehow. And uh, th- we've got this device that makes uh, oxygen and water disappear. Uh, <laughs> right. It's simple. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get into all of that, but I guess we should talk about who is responsible for this. Mostly young people. People, for the most part, seem to have only had uh, their career start within the last decade. So I guess you could say young bucks. However, the monster designer is a person by the name of Eiji uh, Yamamori, and they have been working since the early 90s, which I guess maybe uh, explains why it does have uh, kind of a more classical look uh, to the animation. And they've worked on everything from Princess Mononoke to Batman, Superman, uh, the Batman Superman movie, World's Finest. Um, And the uh, delicious uh, lesbian... uh, (laughs) Well, I can't say for sure, but the, the movie When Marnie Was There... A.K.A. when Marnie had hair, A.K.A. when Marnie went down there. Uh, I mean, not to get off topic, but when Marnie was there <laughs> is a lesbian drama in the same way that From Up on Poppy Hill is a incest romance, uh, which this is all real, by the way. Uh, basically, the plot of From Up on Poppy Hill, which I'm sure you don't care about at all, but it's a Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, it's like if her the, name was Poppy Hill. If the end of Clueless was an entire film that took place, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, n- never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, so, okay, slightly off topic, but that was one of the things that really piqued my interest early on in, in uh, when I was hearing uh, stories about this. Is like. Oh my god, the guy who like designed the monsters on Princess Mononoke is working on a Godzilla related like I, you have to understand. I had a poster for Princess Mononoke above my bed for like I don't know, 11 years in the house that I grew up in uh back in uh, uh Michigan. So like I love Princess Mononoke like and a lot of people that's their favorite Studio Ghibli movie except for like My Neighbor Totoro but like you know, those Studio Ghibli guys they're not messing around. They're, they're, they're making straight-up classics like it's, like, easy. Yeah. So, you know, and the designs, the kaiju designs uh, in this thing are amazing. They're great. They're so well done. And, like, the kaiju action is amazing. Um, this this uh, Godzilla, once Godzilla reaches his final form in this, um, which takes till about episode 11 of 13... Um, yeah, they definitely did the Shin Godzilla approach. 100%. 100%. And we'll get into that. But, like, the the final form of Godzilla in this, this is, we've, we've now approached, I can say conclusively, that these are the thickest thighs we have ever seen on any design of Godzilla. This version of Godzilla makes Megan the Stallion look like Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas, okay? It's like thick thighs, safe lives. This thing can barely walk, okay? And so, you know, and God bless 
you know, God bless everyone. It's that's uh, that's fine. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, super thick thighs on Godzilla. Uh, and then like, yeah, the rest of the, the kaiju designs are crazy. Yeah. And, uh. It's like, and Garrus got his groove back. <laughs> like, and, and they look, some of them look the best they've ever looked. Definitely in animation. Yeah. But like. I appreciate the proper amount of respect that was given to certain Showa era kaiju in this. Um, and and we'll we'll get in more on that when we try to break down the plot. But special shout out to someone who I have regularly referred to as like the greatest character in the history of literature uh, of any kind, any kind of fiction, Mister Jet Jaguar, who is like kind of the, also the main character on the show. It could be argued that this is really just a jet super complicated jet jaguar cartoon show, which uh so like that's what I'm all about because Jet Jaguar is amazing. And like, you know, in the beginning they try to be all technical about it, but like towards the end he takes on his characteristics of like reprogramming himself and he goes full jet jaguar, you yep. know? Um so like I was super happy about that. Like they really knew how to hook just me specifically in by having like the really cool like Akira jackets that like Canada had, except instead oh, yeah. of the pill, it's like Jet Jaguar's <laughs> face giving a thumbs up. Cause like, I mean, there was some really, really cool stuff yeah. going on in this deal. And also stuff that's just uh, unintentionally just straight up adorable, like the old man trying to get Jet Jaguar to do kabuki poses with the spear made from Anguirus' spine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Went from one of Anguirus' uh, uh, spines or what, whatever you call it, spikes. That's the word I'm looking for. It's just like, wow, that's adorable. I, I want a show with just the two of them. One of the things I did want to touch upon is E.G. Yamamori, who, you know, d- was doing the designs uh, for the for the kaiju and, you know, was leading his team who were who were doing the designs. One of the his guiding principles he gave to his team was to take the Showa era kaiju, redesign them as if uh, they had limitless technology back in the 1960s specifically. It could do whatever they wanted, and we're not tethered just to simply having it be a marionette or a man in a suit, and and see what you'd come up with, and that aspect of it makes it, while in some circles could be sacrilegious to the entire point and, and spirit of of the old school kaiju thing of it's like it has to be a guy in a suit doing pseudomation. It's also because it is animation, you know, that fundamentally frees you up to do that. And I tell you, these, like, the designs are amazing of of these kaiju. And they're beautiful. Yeah. Because they serve the medium that they're in. Right. And this thing is, like, just chocked full of of kaiju. And, like, there's almost too many to list. (laughs) Um, But... Some of them only have very minor appearances. The major ones are uh, Godzilla, who has, like... Four or five different forms. Some that only show up for like one framing, like one, like not even a scene, but just like you get like one shot where Godzilla sort of looks like Varan mm-hmm. uh, and things, things like that. So it's a bit trippy, 
And, um, you know, it's also brand new. So all of the um, classifications and things on various websites are still, like, being written as we're recording this episode. For example, uh, towards the end, I think in the last episode, uh, one of the uh, main characters falls on Godzilla. And um, the creatures that show up that there's like Godzilla's like has insects walking all over his body like lice and they are clearly the megalulons from Rodan Mm -hmm. but you know in some of the materials I've seen like they they those things are unnamed at this point so it's like um you know there's all this stuff is still being written up so we're still trying to make heads and tails (laughs) out of this right now you know it's not this isn't something from like 20 years ago that everybody's gone through with a fine-tooth comb and figured everything out yet there's a lot of weird stuff going on just with the kaiju in, in this deal uh to say nothing of the legitimately weird stuff that makes up like 85% of the plot that is all just super hard science and math. The the music, I thought, was really good and walked the the tightrope of being referential to the Akira Fukubei stuff from the Showa era and also kind of sort of enhancing it and kind of going in different directions but still staying true to it in a way where clearly wasn't reinventing the wheel and you did get a couple of the like key old like music cues, uh, which I really appreciated. And I think the music was, was one of the clear cut victories of this, of this program. And the intro song is pretty catchy too. Yeah. I guess Nate, we should try and make a uh, sense of this. So we're going to go away for a little bit of music and we're going to come back and try and talk about Godzilla singular point. <laughs> God help us. And now, boys and girls, it's time to do coke off the edge of a knife (laughs) and discuss the plot. Yeah, this is like bobbing for apples in black tar heroin. Um, Okay, here we go. So, Godzilla Singular Point basically takes place in Japan and several other countries in the year 2030, okay? 
And uh, essentially, the plot centers around two two different groups of people. Well, one is a group, and the other is just a single person. Yeah. Now, the single person is uh, a person named as a young woman named May Camino, and she studies. She uh, she's going to college to study uh, fantastical creatures or whatever legendary creatures, which is I didn't know was a thing you could study uh, at a university at such a high level, but it's, you know it's pretty awesome. So half of the story involves her. The other half involves uh, the employees at the Otaki factory, a uh, do-it-all company, which is, I'm not sure if that is a real type of company in Japan. It is in 2030. It is in in the distant year of 2030, which is nine years from now, as of recording. It's really... Those two groups kind of dovetailing, and but there's whole episodes where they those two groups don't even talk to each other. But essentially, there is this catastrophe that's going to happen that they become privy to through the broadcasting of the song from, from India, from India, from 1964. The um, and uh, it's a beautiful song, and it's and someone actually says in the first episode, it sounds like a song from the Showa era, and yeah. they are correct. So the the overarching framework of it is the first episode, Yoon Irikawa, who is kind of like the other main character. He's the head of the team, and they're, they're like paranormal investigators. So they're like Ghostbusters, basically. I kind of. Uh, they don't bust ghosts, but they, they examine the strange and unusual, let's say. Yeah, while also working at a... All you can work, uh, do it all, company. do it all company. Yeah, I guess this is part of the do it all thing. Yeah, right. you help make robots, and you also do other things, right? Because you do it all, absolutely. And uh, one of the employees at Do It All Company is an old, crazy old man called uh, Goro, who has built Jet Jaguar, a Jet Jaguar robot. I mean, it is a robot called Jet Jaguar. You know, uh, that looks. Uh, much like the Jet Jaguar, uh, you know, from the Showa era, Godzilla versus Megalon, uh, you know, except for its legs are kind of, you know, thin. Yeah. Well, it's got, um, it starts off with wheels. It starts off with wheels, and, uh, you know, so it's it changes. Uh, it mutates as the thing goes by. But it gets damaged in various battles with various kaiju. I think in the first episode it has just l- little teeny legs, though, when it fights the Rodans. Mm-hmm. But, um See, we don't even know. It definitely has wheels when it fights Anguirus. Right, right. Uh, that I know. Um, but, like, okay, in the first episode, they detect this song uh, from India from the 1960s that somehow has all these patterns and things embedded into it that they then, for the next four hours, are breaking down yes. with advanced oh, math. And, and they, they find it playing off an old wax recorder from, like, the early 19-teens, and there's something to do with the scientists that used to own the house. Well, that's not important because... Right. Uh, <laughs> Because it's not. Uh, there's too much going on. Right. Far too much. Um, but the whole first episode is almost entirely just kind of setting things up. And, it's, you know, it's about 20 minutes. And uh, at the very end of it, um, we get, there's like a, a celebration in the town. There's like a, a festival. And the, the old guy is giving like Jet Jaguar rides or something? Something. Like, so, like Jet Jaguar is there at, uh, you know, in the middle of the town uh, at the, um, you know, at the festival. 
And uh, as the festival is starting, basically, I think it's just a single Rodan shows up, right? Yes. And it's a little bit larger than the other one. So Rodan, it's a little bit complicated, like everything else in the show. Rodan is used, and Nate, as you were yeah. saying, as a TIE fighter, basically. Yeah. He's that, a TIE fighter. Your, yeah. the, 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 that's what the Rodans are used for. <laughs> they're, they're disposable uh, things to... to destroy right uh so we can th- see things go kablooey <laughs> and they are like very much depicted as being like pteranodons or pteranodons like, <laughs> that one as well um you fool <laughs> but they their depiction is absolutely a mixture of like the showa era rodan suit and a traditional like flying dinosaur like you know, they, they're really going out of their way to make this look as real yes, as possible. Yes, this is I'm, the most... We're making quotations because we know you can see us. <laughs> this, is, this is the most realistic depiction of Rodan ever, okay? And, but the thing that I really appreciate and the thing that the director, who I'm not sure if we mentioned during the first part, but it's um, Atushi Takahashi is the director of this. And he gets it. What he understands is that you need to have the original monster calls, okay? Yes. The, the monster roars uh, in order to, to like hit that nostalgia button, you know, five by five. <laughs> and uh, so no matter how funky uh, a lot of these kaiju designs are, you still have at least some, at least for Rodan, you have the, like the Rodan roars, okay? From like the, you know, again, the Showa era stuff. Um so that was cool. And, and kind of the, the end of the first episode slash beginning of the second episode is the first sort of fight between this one Rodan, which is about the size of half the size of like a city bus mm-hmm. and Jet Jaguar, who is a mech. To be clear, is Jet Jaguar is just a mech suit in, the, in this early goings on with the old dude yeah. Goro inside it, controlling it. A Crazy la, Grandpa right. is uh, controlling that. Right. A la Ripley at the end of aliens basically <laughs> and um basically it's all that this uh mech can do that that jet jaguar can do to put down this single rodan and uh as soon as they kill this rodan or i think maybe i think they do kill it eventually but like another one shows up mm-hmm. and basically this starts a pattern of like but the you know the next one is smaller and sort of the size of a traditional uh, pteranodon, right? Pteranodon. Sure. Why You're not? You're looking at me. <laughs> if you guys can see Nate, he's stroking a small gambler's pistol <laughs> while looking at me. Like <laughs> the end is nay. Uh, but this kind of sets off the pattern of of the rest of the series, which is totally awesome. Kaiju shows up. You have some cool shit with Jet Jaguar fighting them. And then it goes back to uh, Camino um, stumbling upon some other uh, mathematical thing or mystery that's some MacGuffin that we just don't care about at all and couldn't possibly understand even if we did care about it. Um, Although I will say... The uh, the material at halfway through the show that she stumbles upon that's like a reflection of light and time and mm-hmm. like that's how it can accumulate atoms uh, was like a super fascinating thing and like when they got to that point I was like 
oh, okay, so if this is going to be what the rest of the show is about, I understand this, and this is really cool. And now the rest of the show is just going to be action, obviously. Right. I couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) That was like... Oh, no. (laughs) This thing that I thought was like the key to unlocking the rest of the show was like a small caveat that they talked about in one episode uh, when she goes to London to meet up with Bayonetta. Uh, right, I think yes. that was in London, right? Oh, or no, was that first a- Dubai, okay, then goes to Dubai. they go to London, <laughs> then they get the women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, there's a lot of traveling. Oh, and then they go to India after that, because a uh, guy that kind of looks like Trump is, uh, is uh, leading some scientific expedition to this hole at this uh, institute called Shiva. I'm presuming named after the Hindu god. Yeah. Um, Which they do talk about that poem at one oh, point. Oh, from, oh, yes. That, there's uh, that the, from the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Um, where, uh, you know, uh, where, where um, as Oppenheimer brought up, you know, uh, you know, Shiva, you know, says, behold, I am death, destroyer of worlds. So there is some connection to uh, real world nuclear fear. Uh, but again, like everything else uh, scientific in this uh, or philosophical right. in the show, it is of no use or service to the plot at right. all. It's just there. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, at one point they recite the entire poem, Tiger, Tiger, because there's some mathematical algorithm based on the term fearful symmetry. Oh, right. And they talk about that for like eight minutes. Yes. And it is... Impenetrable. Yes. You're, 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 again, I keep using that word. I'm sorry I use that word so much, but you're just watching it and you're like, you have to play it on like 25% speed. <laughs> and again, just be, you know, writing it down. And if Nate and I did this, it, listening to this show would not be like listening to a normal podcast. It would be like listening to two admittedly hunks uh, <laughs> study for a physics final. In, in at like uh you know Ivy League school and you don't want that <laughs> so um basically like with each episode once the Rodans kind of come out of the sea and they are surrounded by this red dust yeah stuff um and for the first few episodes there was enough action with the Rodans um. And again, after that first fight, they're all roughly about the size of a, like a car. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're a lot smaller than what we're used to. Um, well, there is one big one that shows up later, which Godzilla kills immediately. And kind of like in Godzilla 2014, we see its death through the perspective of people in a subway tunnel. <laughs> like it's to, to the left and, askew- and askewed. I totally get what you're talking about, though, with the tone being wishy-washy, because there's a scene, I think it's in the second or third episode, where the Otaki factory guys are attempting to lead the Rodans away from the city, and they've hooked up, like, a signal right, uh, to, like, bring them away from a, a populated area. Right. And they come upon a turned-over bus, and it becomes like this siege thing where they are stuck in like a shed yeah. uh, next to this thing. And it all of a sudden, and there's like other civilians, there's like, you know, a small group of survivors or whatever. They're stuck in the shed and then like other people are like stuck uh, in this overturned bus. And the Rodans are just kind of laying siege. And all of a sudden it turns into like Stephen King's The Mist. Yeah. Except with Rodans. And you're like, oh, this is like super fascinating. Yeah. And like this would be... 
great if this was like a whole episode and it's like super suspenseful and stuff. And then they figure out a way with like rigging up a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, the judo, I believe it's called. Yeah, the Japanese uh, archery. Yeah, yeah. And they 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 distract them by uh, with the. Uh, Bottles attached to the arrows, so right. that way the the hiss makes a certain frequency that that's that, that makes them that draws uh, off yeah. the Rodans. But it's like that them just staying trapped there could have been a whole episode. Yeah, and it would have been like probably the best episode because yeah. yeah. there was actual yeah. like suspense involved and there were stakes. They're like, oh, these things are right here and yeah. they're going to kill us yeah. right now if we don't do something. And right. that's that's one of the few times. That there's like clear cut consequences and stakes with the kaiju, and there's there's another a few episodes later when they're at a dock and they're fighting these megalon kamungus uh, uh, hybrid things, but like there's 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 shockingly few times throughout the the the, the episodes where it's like, okay, yes. Monsters are coming out of the ocean and laying waste to everything and covering everything in this red you know, sort of dusty discharge and which is turning things bad. Uh, but like there's very few times when it kind of like feels real and feels like it's affecting the people in a way that's like dangerous or a way that they're even like immediately concerned with. All right. Well, you know what I mean? Around episode nine, uh, they're in uh, Bayonetta and uh, cute girl and the, the do- plops. <laughs> plops to Plops to uh, Plop, uh, and which Plops to is an app. And it's like Polops to Roman numeral two is like this dog app uh, that uh, Camino loads up on her phone in the first episode. It's like fifteen minutes worth of screen time in the first episode of of this thing like teaching itself how to like talk or whatever. You're just like uh, uh, hello the police <laughs> and, and like it's just like nuts. And, but eventually, Polops 2 goes from being just an app to, like, goes into, like, a little, like, robot. Yes. That kind of looks like X from Outer Space, from the Shinjuku uh, horror, uh, sorry. Surchiku. Uh, Surchiku, thank yes. you. Um, uh, company from, like, the 1960s, which was, like, they were trying to get in in the kaiju craze. But, like... Sorry, if you're still with us. Yes. Well, so so that <laughs> I'm so gonna, I'm going to so, commit myself to a mentalist institution. Thank so, you. So Plops, uh, the girl, and Bayonetta uh, are in London when the Rodan attack, uh, and I guess the RAF uh, has already given up. <laughs> it's like right. you know Nazis. Sure, Rodans. Uh, no, no, we give up. Um, she goes to save a cat for some reason, uh, which I you know I guess you know hey raise the stakes. Um, and it, there's the, the end of that scene, uh, you see it from her point of view, where it looks like she's about to be eaten by a Rodan while the girl is looking on in horror. Right. And then a scene later, they're eating at a restaurant as if nothing happened. Hard cut. Nothing at all. Yeah. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Flanders. Uh, and it's just like baffling. And I'm, I'm just like, was there a time jump? Did I, uh, did, 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 you know, what, what, what have I missed here? And I'm sorry, we should say this character, we keep referring to her as Bayonetta. Her name in the thing, if you care, is Lee uh, Guiying. Guiying. And then she's a professor, I believe. Yes. Uh, and a boy. And she looks like exactly like Bayonetta from the totally awesome video games Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2. She's Chinese, though. 
Yes. Uh, Female. And, uh, uh, but no, and, and she's, she's dead. They like, that's the thing is like, they kill her in that scene. Don't show the death of that character. And like, it, so it's, it, that's weird that the tone is just so confounding. Well, right. But you know, you think she's dead. Then they're eating at a restaurant together in like the next scene. A- and it's like, well, wait, what? Right. And then... Wait a minute. So she doesn't get killed by the... See, we don't even know yes, what happens. I can't tell. We don't... Like, I can't... Like, we but don't know. But then she know. disappears. And then uh, what's her... Then the girl goes to India right. uh, to meet with a, another girl, an Indian girl. And she explains the song. Right. Um, Again. That keeps playing. Absolutely. Um, and in India, a Baragon... A Gabra. Gabra hybrid. Which I call Gabaragon. <laughs> <laughs> the Gabaragon. I mean, it has a name. Yeah. But we're just going to call it Gabaragon. Gabaragon. Trademark. Uh, I, I'm going to stop you there. I'm just so happy that this thing is forcing people who have never seen Godzilla's Revenge to, like, figure out who Gabra is, <laughs> like, unwillingly, like, against their will. And, uh, you know, they may be tricked into watching Godzilla's Revenge. And uh, that's just a personal victory for me. <laughs> I'm a big believer in Gabra's ability to get the job done. So I'm just glad he's come out of retirement, even if it is this weird hybrid of him and Baragon. He comes out of this cloud of red dust in this, like, pit that I presumably leads to the center of the earth that... Uh, that they've the- been working on for 19 years. Yeah, and, uh, Some guy says. and then this guy uh, has these things that look like oxygen destroyers, but they aren't. Right. They, he throws them into the, um, the red dust, and it creates these spikes that uh, pierce Gabagon. Gabaragon. Gabaragon. Uh, and and nearly kills like everyone helping him. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, super and, dangerous. And again, mind you, this thing looks like the oxygen destroyer, a pretty simple to explain science fiction device. <laughs> and then goes on <laughs> to explain like the science behind it, and you your eyes immediately glaze over. Was that the thing where he was talking about that he worked on it for twelve years and he only got it to work for point zero zero one seconds? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it pro- probably. Um, Again, who cares? <laughs> I'm having flashbacks of that scene. Like, see, I'm being able to pull like bits and pieces of dialogue out of the slog. I mean, out of the out of the nonsense. Uh, out of the red uh, dust. Out of the red dust. But essentially, in every episode, you know, it starts with the Rodans, but they can't live in our atmosphere very long because at that point early on in the show, there's not that much red dust in the air, so they kind of die off within like a couple of hours. Um, but as the show goes on and more and more of these kaiju show up, there's more red dust yes. around um, that like makes it... It's like they're terraforming. It's not unlike Pacific Rim. Yes. And also, Godzilla makes an appearance uh, <laughs> a few episodes in. I think we should just talk about the parts with straight up with yeah. Jet Jaguar, because otherwise we'll go insane. The Ghost Hunters are looking at the Rodans, and they notice one has been dragged off into the forest. Right. And they're like, well, what what dragged them in the forest? And they figure out it was a meat-eating Angerus. That's right. Uh, and some hunters try and shoot it, uh, and it doesn't work, because Angerus can somehow, his spikes can psychically sense the bullet. Well, yeah, uh, they, can, they can predict the future. And he, that was cool. Where, again, it's like, you know, any, having a monster that can predict the future into, you know, a defense mechanism 
uh, and therefore dodge bullets. And in in this case, with with this um, angulus, it can like use its spines to deflect bullets because it knows where the bullet's going to go. That's a super awesome concept, and that could have been the basis of a whole show about people trying to hunt a monster that can do that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, but again, it's just like this throwaway thing that they give to Angulus and like um basically uh Goro gets uh he puts uh they put wheels this is where they put wheels on the bottom half of Jet Jaguar and also Goro's old buddy who is like um a large harpoon salesman yeah a large harpoon salesman (laughs) shows up in this field that kind of looks like a golf course where they're fighting Angulus and like He's, so he's got his harpoon gun, and he tries to shoot it at Angerus, but Angerus can predict the future, so it dodges it. And eventually, um, and this was almost, I think this may have been the coolest part of the show, Jet Jaguar gets the harpoon gun and um, gets, like, basically gets right up to Angerus, and they fight for almost like a whole episode, which is like, that I really yeah. appreciate. I mean, there are huge swaths of this thing that are like unbelievably cool, but then it's just buried under this this other stuff that's just, it's tough. Uh, but uh, basically, Jet Jaguar gets his harpoon gun, puts it like point blank up to um, <clears throat> Angerus's soft underbelly, and Goro says, you know, if you can't predict the future, you can predict the future, so we just have to shoot you in a way that you can't dodge the bullet yeah. <laughs> and uh fires the gun and uh mercs uh angulus uh and it's like super cold-blooded and like again like really cool like that action beat and all the stuff with angulus is like really awesome um but you know and we go back to kamina and her and, 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 you know, the guys from uh, the the Otaki factory, they also... I don't want to make it seem like Kamina's the only person doing, like, the science research stuff. They are all... Everybody is hip deep in this, except for Goro, who's, yeah. like, kind of the only person who yeah. sort of stays with the show that we all want to be watching. Right. Because <laughs> he, he stays focused, you know? Um, but as Nate was saying, yes, they kill Angulus, and uh, they get one of the... Sp- bikes off of him which they then use to turn into a spear that jet jaguar uh uses yes um yeah swings it swings it around uh like a like a kabuki actor right and he gets legs (laughs) back he gets his legs back and he gets his legs he can do poses um and while this is happening there's also like for, for the opening of two episodes um we we are introduced to two fishermen uh, who keep witnessing... Uh, we, we should state that the Rodans are coming out of the sea, because yeah. that's where all the red dust is coming from, for reasons. Um, and then they notice that these uh, mandas are coming out of the sea. That's right. Lots of mandas. You th- uh, you know, so the, the mandas are also used like uh, TIE fighters, or maybe Star Destroyers, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, then, uh, the, uh, also, they witness a giant fish... Uh, reminiscent of, uh, the Titanosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, it, it does a free willy over the main <laughs> battleship, a full free willy, uh, which if you are unfamiliar with uh free willy starring Jason James Richter, 
Um, <laughs> it's it's you know the the Titanosaurus fish thing jumps over this uh, boat and it's like in super duper slow motion yeah. and like um, this is really awesome. I yeah. mean, it's an amazing, beautiful moment. Uh, and then it goes back into the water and is heading for Tokyo Bay. Heading yeah. for Tokyo. And, and but that's that's the thing about this, and you hinted at this earlier. This is one of the first major Godzilla projects that since Shin Godzilla, that was you know that I should say that are that were produced in Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay, where you can really see. I mean, aside from like the other Netflix anime trilogy, this is kind of the first thing to come out since Shin Godzilla, and you can see that influence. Yeah. That Shin Godzilla has had the idea uh, immediately. Of, the idea of Godzilla uh, evolving. First, it's kind of a fish Titanosaurus thing, and later it kind of looks like Varan. Right. And then finally, as the episodes go by, I mean, they they really tease this. This is a tantric tease yeah. <laughs> with the audience. Uh, so much so, you basically forget that you're watching a Godzilla program. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that that's what they do, and also the way he fires his breath, um, the way with he the rings o- with the rings, and the that, way he I evolves that was amazing. and smogs. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, this is very Shin Godzilla esque. And th- there's actually a scene that's like directly out of Shin Godzilla, just like animated, where yeah. like I think you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where they release that missile above. Uh, you know, Tokyo, and it just kind of goes into his back dorsal fin plates. Yeah. And blows up, and blood, like, shoots out of it. Like, that is a scene in yeah. Shin Godzilla, except in Shin Godzilla, he releases his uh, disco light lasers, the purple <laughs> lasers, or whatever. Um, and in this, like, this weird blob kind of comes out of his back and, and like, like absorbs. absorbs the missile. I mean, just recounting this to y'all now, I feel like I'm like had a dream. Yeah, because it's very dreamlike, and I feel like I'm just recounting stuff from it. It doesn't feel like connected to any kind of pre-established reality, even in like the wackadoodle Godzilla universe. Because okay, there's another scene where um, the Ota- the the good people from the Otaki factory are in a. Um, in like a boatyard for some reason, and they have to fight these hybrids of Megalon and uh, Comungus, right? Or Comacarus, the, the spider. Yes. Okay? And um, luckily at this point, Jet Jaguar has his spear that is made out of the uh, Angurus uh, spike uh, and like can chop them in half. And it's like, it's all super badass. But like one of the weird things of it is he chops one of them in half and this blue goo comes out of it. And the glue, the goo temporarily looks like Hedora. Yeah. For like one shot, you know? Yeah. And so like, you know, it's just, and we are. Poochie was Hedora? (laughs) Poochie. And it's just so it's like. I I'm melting. I'm I'm I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all that stuff is really cool. So that happens. They that, esca- so that they, happens. They escape by boat. That group, um, the Otaki group, escapes by boat, and I guess they they want with their, uh, mind you, uh, like King 
original King Kong size, you know, 30 foot tall jet jaguar, <laughs> decide to go to Tokyo Bay where Godzilla is for right. reasons. Uh, um, well, Goro is like really excited about the appearance of Godzilla. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, I'm going to use this jet jaguar to, to, to kill him. And right, it's a Jaguar at this point is the size of Kong from from 1933. He's like the size of a house or whatever. But like Godzilla is like 180 meters at this point. Yeah. Like he's real big thighs. <laughs> I've addressed that, but they're there. Hips don't lie. Hips. These hips don't lie. You know, uh, um. La Tortura, <laughs> Volume One. Um, you know, it's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. Uh, so they go there. Uh, Gabagon attacks... Gabaragon. Gabaragon. <laughs> Gabaragon attacks this... Uh, town in this India. Town, the, this base called Shiva, which we believe has the singular point particle collider uh, in, a, in, a, in its base. That's where Gabaragon came out of, which was weird. Like, the, why is he going back there? Right. They use the... Uh, the not oxygen destroyer, the red dust destroyer on it, uh, this time outside. A second time. A second time. Um, and it works uh, until it doesn't. Right. Uh, where it Because it's attacking like the city district, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the Indian army and the police are, are shooting it uh, in futility uh, in typical kaiju fashion. Um and then uh, it eventually breaks free and starts making its way to Shiva. Um, and, and Where uh, Kamina is. Yeah, where Kamina and her friends are. And, plop, uh, and Plops, too. There's also a woman running the place, and uh, not Trump is... Uh, uh, actually, there are two guys that kind of look like Trump, and they're kind of in cahoots. So. What I appreciated <laughs> was, like, as complicated as this is... You can still tell who the bad guy is because he's wearing sunglasses. Yes. And that's the thing in anime. When they're wearing sunglasses, there's like, you know, you know something's up. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they, they, they go to the singular point. And yeah, what? Plops. And plops well, well, R2-D2 like, well, okay. is the, the I, singular I, point. I, I, you know, we won't talk about this for ev- everything else in the show, but, like, I think it is worth trying to hash out what the hell is the singular point? Because that's the name of the show, so we should be able to we should be able to know what this is after four hours. I I I thought what was going on is that Lay these it on me, monsters man. were from the future, right? And by opening this singular point, they were somehow coming back. But that doesn't really make sense because it would mean there's also a singular point in the sea. So Maybe is the there sing- is. What is the singular point? Though? I like, don't is it know. a physical machine? I think no. I think to? it was a dimensional rift that they okay. like had a a device around. Okay, that's like the infinity loop. Yeah, or like the rip in Pacific Rim. Imagine okay. if that had like a uh, a barrier around it. Okay, uh, you know that that's what it would be. Um, but again, I'm just not sure. Right, I I can't 
yeah. really put my finger and on I it. And I think in Wikipedia was absolutely no help. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 there's also a point where they refer to Godzilla as the singular point at, yeah. at one point. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, what is this yeah. particle collider thing in this uh, chasm that you guys have built? Yeah. Like what? Or or was he another singular point? Did right. everything spawn from Godzilla and he's also eating the manda that thus came from him? Right. Uh, and I, we I don't, don't know. know. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, we can't. We can't tell you. Uh, but but it's that's the name of the show. So it must be something uh, important. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Charlie Kaufman will be working on season that's two. That's what. To, okay. <laughs> the, there it is, dude. Out. Fucking nailed it. This is like if Charlie Kaufman had written a Godzilla movie. That's what it is. That's, that's what the is. and and you know, but not as good as a Charlie Kaufman no, movie. No. This uh, is Godzilla adaptation. <laughs> there's also this thing called the or Ornth. Okay, so those the oxygen destroyer is the ornithological diagonalizer. Okay, which remember they to say that three times I'm, fast. Never, kids. I'm never saying it again. But it is a term that they say roughly six million times during this, and I was just like. They may have explained it at, at some point early on, but I missed it because I was like trying to figure out the fifty-two other things they just went over. So, but um, and that's that's a lot of what this is. It's like you kind of have to watch every episode four times. And, yeah, and, uh, and we're I not can't doing do that it to no, myself. <laughs> no, no, are you kidding me? Absolutely not. Um, there are other animes to watch, like Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo. This just, you know, I st- and I st- Yasha. I'm still working my way through Darkwing Duck on Disney Plus. <laughs> it holds up, okay. Uh, so you know, no time for that. Yeah, but uh, so okay. There's, there's also um, there's like towards the end when things are getting like um, weird. weird because there's so much red dust that it's like changing reality around yes. Godzilla. And this was of the legion of weird sci-fi shit thrown out in this. I thought this was the one thing that was like, oh, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, which is like angles were like no longer correct around yeah. Godzilla. Like he was like uh, corrupting reality. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. And again, something that they could do. So, so much, much crazy with. stuff with, but it's just, again, just buried by, like, four more things in the next two minutes that Pelops 2 is just <laughs> babbling yeah. about. Like, th- this 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 computer app, Pelops 2, it's like they fed it uh, cocaine or, like, fentanyl or something. <laughs> and just, like, hit record and, like, just... I. Yeah. Like, and just had a blab about God knows what for, for sh- four hours. For a show called Singular Point, this thing had too many points. Absolutely. <laughs> there it is. Um, that's the, uh, that's the yeah. clincher. Oh, and Jet Jaguar at this point uh, has lost its mind and has had to reboot and is talking like a child. Is, and well, we're having it, it, an AI moment right, where it's right. trying and, to relearn. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of almost has the voice of Pelops, too. Yeah. Which is even more confusing. Even though it's another app. That the that the ghost hunter guy has that is not cute. Maybe that's the maybe that's the original pull-ups. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, basically, uh, towards the end of the show, Godzilla is at full size. He's in Tokyo. Okay. Jet Jaguar has legs again, and now has two uh, like turbine jet engines. Yeah. Uh, uh, affixed to it. It looks awesome. 
Yeah. Again, like, and it's still carrying around the Anguirus spear yeah. from like four episodes ago. Oh, and there are little bitty Mothras and flying they, around. And yeah, and they're like little, like just regular sized moths come and like almost like bless Jet Jaguar before like the final battle. With a monster whatever. 30 times its size. Right, right. <laughs> Good and, luck, kid. <clears throat> and like basically the plan is that they figure out over endless exposition. That doesn't even end when it ends. Is that uh, Miss Camino, with the assistance of Pull-Ops 2, is going to somehow send a message to uh, to Jet Jaguar, and Jet Jaguar's pilot is uh, uh, Irakawa, okay, who's the younger of the two, or he's the, he's the thinner of the two, because there's also um, a Haburu Kato, um, or Kato, um, who is kind of like the strong, burly one yeah. of, of the two uh, paranormal dudes. But uh, Cam- Camina is going to, or Camino is going to send them a message from the past, which they're going to get and somehow use to kill Godzilla uh, at exactly, and they know what time it is because the time is embedded into the song from India from 1964 and that gives them the coordinates and the exact time when they're going to get the solution to how to stop Godzilla I believe yes and so they just that's why Jet Jaguar has those uh, um, jet turbines on its back is that uh, like propeller based like it's using props Um, it looks really cool Um, uh, and and like it turns out the coordinates are above Godzilla at this specific time, and that's where the that's where the singular point uh, happens, or God knows what. Um, feel free to turn this episode off at any time. There's no shame, <laughs> by the way. Go outside. <laughs> Go take outside. A <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need like a Nintendo Wii. Like, hey, why not take a break right now? <laughs> you know, with like the picture that used to pop up when you played Wii Tennis too long. With like a glass of lemonade by a window, with like the blinds sort of billowing open from the breeze outside. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, but, the the early 2010s, yeah, the okay. late aughts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what happens is, and this is all just in the last episode. We skip, you know, four hours worth of stuff there, but you'll thank us later. So Jet Jaguar gets real close to Godzilla, but unfortunately, he's like. 33 feet tall so it's like you know it's not like godzilla is like a mile high at this point yeah. so uh it kind of wipes out on godzilla's back and uh irikawa is like stumbling around and they're the megalulons this is when the megalulons yeah, yeah. from rodan are like lice on godzilla which was yeah. like a totally amazing yeah. detail and yeah. like super cool and mind you as confusing as everything was this Last showdown does get pretty intense, and you're just like, oh, yes, yes, this is the show I was waiting for. Right. Um, because earlier, like, um, Jet Jaguar is on the truck with Goro and uh, Kato as well, and, um, like, they have to go off of a bridge to, like, launch Jet Jaguar into the air, and they're being chased by, like, a legion of Rodans. Yes. And it's like, if the show was just the stuff with Jet Jaguar, it would be like, my favorite show. Yeah. But it's like, a YouTube. Uh, someone needs to cut this together and put it on YouTube. Like, the all-jet Jaguar the cut. The all-jet Jaguar cut must happen immediately. But there's just so much other stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> so, so... So, but they, they like... 
they're on or around Godzilla, and uh, the countdown basically runs off, runs out, and uh, Irakawa falls off of Godzilla to be only to be saved by Jet Jaguar, like caught by Jet Jaguar at the last second, and then Jet Jaguar kind of like puts him down on a on a precipice overlooking Godzilla, and then wipes out. Yes, yeah. and like you assume Jet Jaguar is like dead or whatever, right. and. Um, then, like, I forget what happens. But, Giant Jet Jaguar. Well, yeah. So, so, I, but did anything happen between those two things? Or, like, they cut back to Camino and she's doing some more Probably matrices. Some stuff to uh, make the, to build the tension. Uh, or, or, like, Pull Ops 2. Okay, yes. Pull Ops 2 goes back in time. Oh, yes. Through the computer yes. mainframe. He has to rebuild a ship. Matri- in, in There's, like, a sunken ship in the matrix that he and his dog form has to repair to then go back in time uh i i I, yeah uh so he he r2d2 slash matrix is himself at at, at this time pull ups two looks like heathcliff from the (laughs) second heathcliff cartoon from the 1980s i'm not crazy (laughs) and uh because no one should terrorize the neighborhood you know and that's uh that's the heathcliff theme yeah, we've both gone. Nate and I have both lost it at this point. <laughs> uh, and so, okay, Pull Ops 2 repairs the ship inside the computer, even though it's a dog. I feel like Lewis Tully from Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, and then talks to the ghost of this dude who is like a hundred years, was a hundred years old in 1964 or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he somehow. Tells Pull-Ops 2 to send a text message to Jet Jaguar to make him the size of Godzilla? Yes. Or something? Sure. Why not? Or something? <laughs> Is, did you get that? Or was I... Because I felt... That's, yeah. that's, that's how they felt. It's like they, they either went to the future or went to the past, and somehow they were just like, yeah, make it bigger. Basically like that Futurama episode where where uh, Fry you know, sends a message to the past so that way he can have a, a better uh, Scooty Puff Jr., <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so that, that's basically what happens. Uh, they, we get the big Scooty Puff Jr. Jet Jaguar. <laughs> I mean, just standard, <laughs> standard size Jet Jaguar. You yeah, Because sure. Jet Jaguar is a, is a kaiju, you yeah. know, he's a big, he's giant. And yeah. He rope right, reprograms himself to change his own size, you know? Something. And, uh, uh, and, and he uh, fights, and they have a good beatdown. One that was uh, almost as satisfying as the one from uh, Godzilla vs. Kong that uh, just came out. Yeah. Like a pretty it's, satisfying fight. I mean, it's a good fight, but it's, again, the constant hooraying of exposition yes. and narration. Godzilla Raids Again-esque uh. levels <laughs> of where it's like, you have this fight between Godzilla... And Jet Jaguar, full-size Jet Jaguar. And you just want to reach into the TV and be like, just shut up. Just show the fight. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, talking about how it's big now. And it's like, motherfuckers, you've had the last four hours to give the explanation (laughs) for why Jet Jaguar was big. Now's the time to shut up and just watch the monsters fight. (laughs) Um, But they don't do it. They, they, They even have to have exposition cranking out over the final climactic fight, which ruins it a little bit. I'm sure there'll be some recut version where they'll just have the fight or something. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. But I think it's a pretty good fight. 
it, I don't I know. Felt happy, or maybe I was just excited that something besides uh, techno babble was right. going on. Yeah. That, that there were things punching and stabbing and blowing breath at each other. Right. Um, it, it felt like there was some accord. Um, yeah. Or maybe I was just happy that it was going to be over. It's like, oh, thank God, thank God. Um, uh, and then, like, Godzilla blows up or something, and, like, all the blue or all the red stuff turns blue, and, like, the sun comes back. Oh, yeah. And just, the, yeah, just the way the, the, the red dust turned into red spikes... Godzilla blows up and it turns into blue spikes and uh, everything is happy again, despite, uh, except for, you know, all the dead people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I assume people died in this. Uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming millions were killed, none injured. Right. Uh, and uh, no one will ever be able to get back to normal. Although it's implied uh, that, uh, you know, in kind of the closing credits that everything does kind of go back to normal. And uh, Plops and company uh, meet up with uh, Grandpops Even and company. Even though, like, Tokyo is completely destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. Uh, like, it looks like it does at the end of Akira. Yeah. Like, it's not in good shape. No. <laughs> like, no. it's blue again. I mean, it's not red anymore. But, like, you know, yeah. from an infrastructure standpoint, it might as well be, like, the oh, yeah. 1500s. Because, like, you guys going to have to start over from scratch. Again. Yet again. Ugh. Um, so, like, yeah. Uh, and then all the characters meet up and have high five. And <laughs> uh, they go back to their factory. And um, Jet Jaguar, you know, takes a nap in a hammock. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. But, like, there's a stinger. Oh, yes. Uh, where they imply that the old dude who is who would be like 150 years old now is still alive and he's in an underground bunker taking a Godzilla skeleton and building like the Showa era mecha Godzilla around oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, there was a big skeleton at the beginning. We right. forgot to mention that. Sorry. Because uh yeah, uh there was literally way too many things going on. That skeleton was basically only relevant at this point. Oh, and uh it was uh, sending out radio waves. Yeah, I think. It, it was. Wait, the ske- We think maybe the skeleton started sending out the song, yeah. which unleashed the Rodans. Yes, it's like that game Mousetrap. Yes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is if you give a mouse ball, a cookie. That goes thing that hits the net. Now you're trapped. It's like it's all just like in the house that Jack built. <laughs> it it is like a big Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> Uh, roll credits. I will say this is one of the few times that you don't want to skip the end credits on the Netflix deal and let the end credits of each episode play out because the the um, there's a really awesome little movie uh, in the end credits that has like it's just chock full of cameos of other Showa and not even Showa but monsters from from every Godzilla era and like even some some deep cuts uh there's like Godzilla Jr is in there Zone Fighter is mm-hmm. in one of the shots like it's super obscure stuff um and that the animation and the quality and it looks like the tone of this end closing credit sequence is what we wanted to see right from the <laughs> actual show it's like, you had it. It was right there. You just chose not to do it. 
It almost makes it more annoying that yeah. there's like, this is what you wanted to see, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it's not what the show is, but oh, we yeah. could have done it. Here, let us prove it by showing it to you. <laughs> and, and it also, it's like the animation style is like totally different and like better. Yeah. So I had like flashbacks to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when like you'd like the animation at the beginning of that show is like incredible. And then like the show starts and it's like, you know, Raphael has like a orange bandana or whatever. You yeah. know, it's just like, you know. <laughs> we this this thing was literally animated by lemmings, <laughs> you, you know. But um, yeah, the 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 end credits are are like beautiful and and confounding and, yeah. and infuriating. Uh, yeah, because you're like you had it, you had it right there. That's that's what you should have done. But I, I guess this is a. People are saying this is like a bold new direction for Godzilla, and maybe it is. Maybe we're just. You know, antiquated, and maybe this is what all shows are going to be like in the future. I don't know, man. Well, Mike, how would you describe the difference between this and, like, hard science fiction? Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Okay, like, all the concepts that you're saying are hard science fiction, and this is, like, as we've exhaustively said, like, this is, like, 40 books worth of hard science fiction concepts, let alone a TV show. And, like... The thing is, you with science fiction, I mean, and this could be just me saying, but I think one of the points of science fiction is to be able to take a concept, a sci-fi concept, and be able to use that concept as like a grafting point or like a, to um, to reflect on like where we are at as like a society. I'm not trying to get preachy here or anything like that, but like, that's one of the things you can do with science fiction. Right. Is like, for example, like let's just take uh, like planet of the apes. Okay. Mm -hmm. The the point of planet of the apes is it's a planet of apes. Okay. And the humans are, you know, the animals or whatever. And that you, you, you can use that, concept in so many different ways and there's been like so many different remakes and things about that that can just expound upon that and like the one in the 60s there's like a lot ties in a lot with like what was going on with the civil rights movement and stuff going on there and then the matt reeves ones from the aughts and the teens are like about like environmental stuff and like but there's just with that one simple conceit you can do so much and this thing is like lousy with conceits man there's like 47 sci-fi constructs thrown out in this deal and but they the problem is they don't really uh use any of those to say anything about us and where we're at right now as a species and and as a people and that's kind of like it's a little confounding it's you know it's 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 i don't know i don't know if any of that made any sense it made perfect sense to me, because it's the same thing with uh, period pieces. You, a period piece is not really about the past. It's about now. <laughs> it's about how the past affects us now. Right. It, you know, right. It, like not, when you watch a Western, yeah. each decade that you watch the Western in is about that decade. Yeah. Okay? So, like, and, and so if this is... I, I don't know what this is saying about us right now. I don't know that it knows. Except for maybe that it's we're saying very that we confused. don't know. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's the point. Is it's saying that yeah. we don't know? And maybe like if this is the world right now, like it's incomprehensible and like we are just lost. I don't know. But like the tone is like light and fluffy, at part and like the end of it. You know, when Jet Jaguar 
kicks Godzilla's ass and then everything blows up, there is all this additional dialogue about like, oh, the secret was inside your heart all along. And like, just this like super generic, like pap. And like, you know, I was thinking about it, like the experience of watching Godzilla's singular point, it's like, okay, it's like if you wanted to eat a ham and cheese sandwich, okay? That's what you wanted because you're hungry. And you want to eat the sandwich, okay? Now, most people would just make the sandwich and eat it. Godzilla's singular points way of doing it would be like, you know, going back, going to a library and, like, studying, like, human civilization back when we started, when we made the jump from being nomads to being, like, farm and agrarian-based and, like, researching the entire history of farms and then pig farming and then, like, you know, raising a pig from... And, and, like, using all this, like, stuff to, like... And then slaughtering the pig with, like, the latest pig slaughtering techniques and then, like, same thing with the cheese and spend a year figuring out how to cultivate the cheese, you know? And, like... And then, like, same thing with the bread, you know? And, like, <laughs> going into the the excruciating minutia of everything that could possibly be involved in making bread and slicing bread, you know, like, Oh, where'd you get the knife? Well, it's a funny you asked that I could talk about it for 45 minutes. I bought it at this place and this is the type of blade and this is the type of steel. And it was smelt <laughs> in this factory over here. And then we did this to cut the thing, you know, and like, and then ultimately it's like, okay, yes, but you're just doing that to make a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> And, and at the end of this thing, you know, update, it's just Big Jet Jaguar fighting Godzilla. It's just a kaiju fight again. So it's like, you, you could have gotten away with one fiftieth of that other bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, if you were going to some transcendental new thing that like... That was where the destination was. And it wasn't just going to be a kaiju fight. It was going to be some other thing. Okay, but like, you know what I mean? The end said the sum result at the end is still just a kaiju fight. Right. You know? So, like, what the hell was the point of that? Right. <laughs> it's just like, again, all Jet Jaguar cut. Or, you know, we, we didn't need to wait, you know, 13 episodes or four hours for this. You know, this, this is something that could have just, uh, you know, d been done in an hour and a half. It's right. like, uh, I think someone was saying about Tiger King. It's like, we didn't need eight episodes of that. That was a two-hour movie, Tops. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe we... this is the Netflix thing. It's like uh, just taking very simple topics and stretching them out needlessly to get uh, more views, I guess. I mean, look, and there's people who love this. There's, there's, there's like, reviews from, from uh, you know, respected outlets that are, like, saying, like, this is... Amazing, and maybe it is. I like. I don't know. I'm glad I watched it, and I do like it much more than the original Netflix anime trilogy, uh, Planet of the Monsters, and all all that business from a few years ago. It's better than that. It is like because the stuff with the kaiju is super entertaining, and again, the monster designs are great, and that action is great. But like, I'm not going to watch this again for like minimum fifteen years. <laughs> Okay, because it is exhausting, man. Like, it is a it is a trip, uh, uh, you know, and 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 like mockingly named singular point, right? Uh, you know, like 
This is crazy Godzilla's point emporium. Right. <laughs> We've got points out the wazoo. You get a point. You get a point. Everybody gets a point. It's, yeah, so. Point-a-palooza. Anyways, <laughs> that's what we're saying about it. If you're upset that we're not going into even more detail, I'm sorry. We just can't. <laughs> it's we too much. Can't. It's just too intense, okay? Too There's intense. just too many factors. It's we would just sound like Rick McCollum talking about episode two, and it's just like so dense and so much going on in every frame, you know. And that's what that's really what this is like. I mean, every five minutes, new thing, you know. And I'm sorry, it's, it would just be it would take 27 hours. Yes, <laughs> we could watch. So many other movies. We could watch so many other Godzilla movies in that same time. Uh, and not hate ourselves. Right. I mean, um, I think it is interesting that they allude to a second season, and if right. if there is a second season, we'll probably have to talk about that too. Yes. I don't know what that could possibly involve. Uh, more bourbon. More that bourbon. Is <laughs> that's going to involve. We, we will be doing that episode drunk. Um, <laughs> that will be the first episode we start actively drinking while recording. Um. But yeah, that's 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 Godzilla's singular point. So, uh, anyways, if, uh, any final thoughts, Nathan? Uh, it's over. <laughs> it's 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 over. done. It's done. It's been. Oh. <laughs> this is, and we're over an hour right now, and we are just blowing through this yes. thing. And like, you know, so again, sorry, but like, you know, we all have more important things going on with our lives right yeah. now. Um, uh, not Nate and I, but I assume the listeners do. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, and it would just be incomprehensible. Uh, so, anyways, uh, you have been listening to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. I'm trying to think of other cool Godzilla-related stuff right now. I mean, in the grand pantheon of Godzilla-related projects, this is still, I think, weirdly in like the top, my top twenty, mm-hmm. like. But, like, it's just really draining. Yeah. You know? It's like the mayor of Easttown, you know? <laughs> it's like it takes a lot out of you, <laughs> okay? Uh, so, you know, why not just watch Space Jam, A New Legacy? That's got King Kong in it. Maybe we'll do an episode on that, you know? I suppose since Zone Fighter was in this, we might have to do some Zone Fighter stuff now. You know, we don't know yet. I don't think this is going to be our last episode. Nate, what do you think? No, no, not by, not, by a, not by a singular long point. There's still some <laughs> junk in the trunk, you know, left. Yes, so. much, much like Godzilla. There's uh, a lot of junk in the trunk. So much junk. <laughs> so um, you've been listening to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly. And I'm Nathan Bear. Absolutely. Uh, we have a Twitter account, allegedly. Mike Kelly at Godzilla Pod War. And then we are on Facebook uh, at the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Uh, let us, you know, check in on us. Make sure we haven't gone totally mad, uh, <laughs> which may be a concern after this episode. Um, thank you very much for listening. And uh, just wanted to say, continue you know, getting vaccinated and wear your masks and all that stuff when it's prudent. And um, we are still in the middle of a, of a pretty difficult time here. I mean, other places are opening up and other things, but, like, you know, it's not... 
we're not totally out of the woods yet, everybody. So still, you still got to use, you still got to use some caution here and use your head, and uh, so we can get, we can get through this thing quicker, and uh, so life can get back to normal, I guess. Yes, indeed.
sangat 